podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So a friend of mine moved to Switzerland the other day and I said, what's the best thing about living there? And he said, well, the flag's a big plus. <laughs> I liked it. It was effective. Efficient and effective. Thanks, Laz. Just like Nate in bed. bed. <laughs> <laughs> short, short, but a good one is also what I say a lot. <laughs> anyway, shall we move on? Welcome everybody to The Padhock, a podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. As usual, I'm still Lawrence Bretto, senior writer at F1.com. I'm still Chris Medland, F1 correspondent for Racer. And I'm still Nate Saunders, ESPN deputy editor for Formula One. Oh, you got it right this time. Did you practice, I did. Nate? I did. I, I thought I, the way Meadows was looking, I think he was expecting I was going to get it wrong. <laughs> I was, I was really excited to hear what you had to say as your job title. I was hoping it would change every week. And that by the end of this podcast, <laughs> yeah, maybe, which is probably only 10 episodes in, you'd be like Dragon Tamer. That's a great idea. I'm, that... I'm gutted that you came up with that and not me. And now I'm going to have to steal it. <laughs> it's fine. It's a Nate Nab. That's what you do best. Exactly. Well, we, we, one episode, we can explain the concept of a Nate Nab. But I think people had a first taste of it there. Uh, yeah. well, well, I was just about to ask. So surely now is a good time. Sure. I mean, it's very simple. I think, I think Meadows came up with Nate Nab or some, maybe Luke Smith. But basically, I had a habit at one point of either sharing stuff that had literally just been shared by somebody else and claiming it, passing it off as my own like joke or my own observation about something, um, which I did unashamedly for about a season. Um, you know, in, in WhatsApp chats and with memes and stuff like that. And then it got this name, Nate Nabbing. And then now I've just kind of had to embrace that it's something I do embarrassingly often. <laughs> not in terms of work, though, just to clarify, I'm not, not ripping people's work off, but just in terms of jokes, like the jokes at the beginning of this, these episodes. All Nate now. Good save. Not original. I was just thinking you were funny, Nate. So no, no, please, don't, got, I don't want people thinking like, that. This is like mind blown. <laughs> yeah, uh. no, it's all, it's all a lie. A complete lie based on other people's good work. Should never give up your secrets, mate, but you just have. Well, you just have. I know. That's right. I'd never make it as a magician. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get someone else <laughs> next week. It's fine. We'll get someone who's original. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy called Ethan Shredness. Which might <laughs> backwards, last, just so you know. <laughs> Did you say that because of my puzzled look on my face? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and because I could imagine that that was the puzzled look of anyone listening that isn't Chris. Um, chaps, should we talk Silverstone? Seeing as we've just had one race there, um, we're about to have another one there. It's like a Silverstone bonanza. Um, how was your time there last week, Meadows? Thrilling. I mean, as it, bonanzas it, go, oh, I'm just dropping my phone, don't mind me. Uh, as bonanzas go, it was bonza. Um, no, it was, it was pretty dull. I only went up on the Friday because... I'd been tested on the Monday so I could go on Friday. Didn't need to do media day, sat in the press room for no reason. The press room, which is freezing, by the way, it's still Baltic in there. You're, you're both lucky here because, Bretta, you don't get to go in the press room, so you're down in the paddock. Nate, you're doing it from home. Both of you don't have to freeze in that press room. It is icy. And they, well, every time you tell them, like, you in a sec, but keep going. 
is it is it mine? Is it this story I'm telling yeah, right yeah. now? It's the exact story, <laughs> just regurgitated as my own. Um, yeah, they they won't turn the, the aircon up, or they say they have, and it just does nothing. So um, I did make the grave error of arriving. Well, I didn't take any jumpers or jackets and things because it was heat wave, and walked in and it was roasting on the Friday. It was like thirty odd degrees already at nine a.m. and then just proceeded to shiver my way through the day. So. Um, I don't think I'll come down with, I hope I don't come down with the virus, but I certainly might come down with a cold or the flu because that's not helpful being in a, an ice cold box. But yeah, that's essentially as exciting as it got because the rest of it's all the same like we talked about before. Like stay in the media centre, do your job. If you come down, but I'm now with, excited about Nate's. If you come down with a cold though, medicine, you get a bit of a temperature. They're not going to let you in the circuit anyway. No, I know. This is bad. I mean, that's, this is bad. Oh, that's the solution to keeping the numbers down. <laughs> it's one way to get rid of your letters. Aircon everyone out of existence. <laughs> yeah, they're well, concerned Steve... about Spain. So they're like, I'll tell you what, we'll just make sure that everybody who went to Silverstone is unable to travel because of a high temperature. Well, as you mentioned, Meadows, I covered it from home. And I've realised in the last couple of weeks that where my office, my office desk is in my bedroom and it faces where the sun is at like the worst parts of the afternoon. So you know how hot it was last week. My room was just boiling, you know, uncomfortably hot. So I thought I'll cycle down to the office in Hammersmith, which for reference for anyone listening is 20 minutes, maybe. Cycled down, got to the office, and it was the same as the media centre situation. It was, it was like it was Baltic temperatures. So basically on the Saturday and Sunday, I was like, do I want to be too hot or do I want to be too cold? <laughs> and I, I picked the office purely because you can, you can make yourself warmer much easier then you can cool yourself down, especially me. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I can kind of kind of relate to that. And on one of the days, it was really warm as well, um, which made it made it a lot worse. You should just buy a load I'm of fans, gonna... Nate. Not actual fans, fans as in electrical fans. Oh, you mean okay? Hey, do we have any? Do we have any fake applause? Metis, metis, well, when I you're thinking, yeah, I'm going to clip up all the uh, the best moments of Nate Saunders from these podcasts and all the prophecies because. I mean, there's some stunning things like you can warm yourself up a lot easier than you can call yourself down. <laughs> hey, I mean, um, and feel free to put that on a t-shirt and you just quote me and thank me later. And give you the royalties. Well, yeah. However many royalties you make. Let's be honest, mate. This is why I'm going to have to do it because you wouldn't put it on a t-shirt, would you? You'd put it on like a big thick hoodie. Yeah. Or a bubble exactly. like a Like a fur coat maybe on the back. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, why? You up. Just, to, you... just to ram home the point. I've just remembered, I have a photo of you wearing a fur coat, Nate. Why is that? Why I don't know that? what that is. I, you were very proud of it. I think it was somewhere like Mexico or Austin. You were so proud that you wanted photos in a fur coat. Maybe, um, we can, maybe I will dig those photos yeah, out. Yeah, please do. And, uh... The mystery of Nate's fur coat. <laughs> I can't think where I would have worn that. Oh, Nate, oh, medicine, uh, I think medicine. I know. I think I know. It was Pergola in Paddington about 18 yeah. months ago. Know, when we were allowed to go. It, whose coat was it? Some random person's coat. I, Actually, let's make it F1. Let's make it F1. I'm looking at the... It belonged No, no, no. It was Austin. It was Austin. Because look, you've got the, you've got the part, ESPN pass range in it. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Oh, so it was last yeah, year yeah. in Austin. Was it Laura's coat? Party. Yeah, it was uh, Laura's coat. There we go. Is that coat? Yeah, I think so. Is it my friend Laura? Or was it... Um, I mean, I've, 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 just, I've just remembered it as a fair coat, Nate. Because it's hilarious. I think I'm way. great in that. I'm quite <laughs> upset that I don't have that still. For anyone watching, sorry, 
listening, on listening. Nate. Nate, this is I a podcast. Getting, I keep That's forgetting how, how audio works. Work. Um, it looks fetching. I'll put it on my Twitter. So if anyone wants to see it, it'll be on there. Please do. That's Wait, about as good as our <laughs> Silverstone stories get, to be honest, bro. Oh, this, so anyone listening to it, like, these guys don't do anything. <laughs> Well, hang on, I've got an aircon story, given you both got an aircon story. I had no aircon in my office at Silverstone. So and I had no windows either. So I was suffering like you all, just in a different way. I am not getting any sympathetic looks from either of you. Thanks, Taps. No, we 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 you, one, you're just privileged to be where you are. Yeah. You get to talk to people. You're allowed. So and I we're had past a... the, we're past the aircon bit. You know, we, we've done it. <laughs> we didn't need we didn't need a third aircon story. All right, what else have I got? So on the first day, um I got to the paddock gates and I got the dreaded beep beep noise, which is rejected from the paddock. So I had to call up and they eventually let me in. Then I got, um, had my COVID test and I got a nosebleed. The first time I've had a nosebleed for my COVID tests. And there was a third thing, which I can't remember now. Oh, we didn't have an office. Our office was a server room. You know, like a room with like lots of um, machines and trolleys and stuff. <clears throat> so we're there to find us another office. So I kind of got the impression they just didn't want me there. Maybe I'd had too much time in the paddock and they just thought, we just need to get rid of this guy. And then I seem to think you trialled some new boots, which were not comfortable. So I chose to wear those big neon fluorescent boots on the hottest day that we've referred to several times. It was sweaty, guys. Like it was very sweaty. And then they, I don't know what it was, but they got really heavy as the day went on. And then I had blisters at the end of the day. So that is basically what I do for fashion chaps. Insane. Oh, you call that so, fashion? Oh, come on, Medders. Ooh. <laughs> I tell wow. you what. So Shots the... fired in the podcast. We're not even 10 <laughs> minutes. We've only just got past the aircon discussion. <laughs> Medders is throwing shade. <laughs> this is pretty sad. Shade so... is what he needed. It was too hot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was going to say you're better than that, but you're not, are you, Medders? Um, so one quick, because it's obviously people want to hear about the boots. One quick story is I didn't wear them the next day. And I noticed that when people saw me, they just looked at my feet and looked disappointed. So now people just don't even acknowledge me as a person, chaps. It's just about my boots. Well, but that's my, they don't even look at my than... feet. They just look past me. <laughs> <laughs> they just look at my face and look disappointed. So, I mean, we've all well, got stories like that. Well, that's why we're doing a podcast, Medis. This is a depressing episode. We should talk about good Silverstone <laughs> stories. I generally, I do love, no, but I love Silverstone, guys. I love it. How can you not love Silverstone? It's, I know that the best thing about it is actually the fans and it's not as noisy and it's not as exciting this year, but I still think it's a great racetrack. It's a good, it's a great circuit and the, yeah, the fans used to be cool, but you know. Used to be cool. So long nose. Fans still exist, yeah, they've, Medlin. They've gone. <laughs> yeah, but we don't see them anymore, so. Um, having them around the fans was before, a cool it was thing. cool. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but then I preferred the old paddock that had way more like atmosphere and felt more, I don't know, attached to everything. Whereas now the wing just kind of, you're in a concrete bunker when you're in the paddock, like behind the wing. And even if you're in the wing, like it's not exactly the most glamorous of places. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's missing something. It might improve actually. This is to be fair from the first one going in there and the hotel, the building opposite. Um, I think it's going to kind of create a little bit more of an atmosphere as well. Cause it's kind of like, closing in the pit straight and they're going to link with a bridge i think so it should all just be yeah. a bit more connected <clears> again which would help because you're it takes ages to drive all the way around to where now the paddock is and it does feel like you've left the circuit almost um to then come back to the paddock so 
Yeah, I'm just not a huge fan of... I preferred the old one, which is where my best story comes from, actually. First time I went to Silverstone to work at the race in 2008. Mm-hmm. So some guy called Lewis Hamilton was quite good. And uh, there was a lot of fan interest. And I'd managed to blag myself, basically, a job working for the media services team because I wanted to go and see how a media centre worked at an F1 race and basically get to watch an F1 race. So the national press officer was like, yeah, you can come and work for free. And I was like, cool, I'll do that. Rocked up on the Monday, needed help with all the setup in the week before the race and didn't know where to park. And I'd just been, I hadn't been given any stickers or any passes or anything like this. I just showed up in my Citroen Saxo at the gates and said, I'm here to work for the media services team. Like, where do I go? And they were like, yeah, they told me where to go. So I just drove all the way in. Uh, and then I got to near the paddock and they said, yeah, in the, in the paddock there, you want to go up those stairs and point at them and said, just park anywhere in there. So I drove in and parked up in some like blacked out parking spaces that they sort of painted over because it's going to be the paddock for the weekend. But I still re- reversed into a space thinking, you know, maybe they're being used. Uh, went upstairs, met everyone, did the, um, got told what I needed to do. And they said, oh, where have you parked? And I said, oh, just downstairs. Um, they just pointed me in and said, just go and park in there somewhere. And they're like, oh. Like where and looked out the window and everyone just started howling with laughter. And what I'd done is I'd parked and reversed my lovely Citroen Saxo uh, up against the door to Bernie Eccleston's motorhome. <laughs> so no one could come in or out. Um, now this was Monday before the race. So he wasn't there, fortunately. But the image was pretty funny that Bernie, and it's, it was when Bernie used to be at the end of the paddock and he'd have it slightly offset so that the windows looked down the paddock so he could see everything. So all the other motorhomes would be lined up perfectly. And Bernie's big grey one would be an would be like sort of sticking out so that he could sit in the nice area at one end and look all the way down the paddock. Uh, so, yeah, you just had this weird image of the perfect spot for Bernie to oversee everything. And uh, a red little Citroen Saxo called Jessica, funnily enough, uh, that was blocking it in. So uh, couldn't, he couldn't even access it. And, yeah, I never got over that. Can you imagine if he was in there and he was just like opening the door and it was banging against the boot? Like, <laughs> and he just couldn't, he just couldn't get out. <laughs> I'm trying to think, that's, that's a vid- music video Robbie Williams did where he was like, he was basically Jackie Stewart and he gets stuck in, the mo- in, in his motorhome. I can't remember the song. You guys looking at me like you've never listened <laughs> to Robbie Williams. <laughs> no, British I it sort of rings a bell, but it was a very strange it, example to pull up. But it just, because he, the video had all of these old F1 clips and he was dressed like he's Jackie Stewart. And then someone parks in front of the motorhome and he can't get out. Yeah. And they're waiting for him to start the race. And they're like, oh, he's not here. And he doesn't, he doesn't win the championship as a result. I don't think it was historically accurate. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> but entertaining nonetheless, though. Yeah, of course. And it obviously had a big impact on me as a kid. I do sort of imagine it if it was like um, a family guy cutaway of just Bernie Eccleston trying to open the door and it just not happening. And just being like, oh, try again. And just like it banging against this, like... Citroen, and it's just a picture of Bernie trying to open his door and it and failing for as long as well, longer than it's comfortable to watch because that's normally what they do with those cutaways is like the frog laughing for frog long enough. And it, that is brilliant, yeah. So, <laughs> free content there for you, family guy. Yeah, I think I'm sure that that'll be on the next episode. Like this guy, Bernie Eccleston, that is good though. So, did, did you learn where to park for the rest of the week? I did. Um, I just can't remember where that was. Probably I think it was Ferrari motorhome or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, matching colours. Um, I'm trying to think. I used to be able to drive in under the tunnel again. Um, or was that a lie? <laughs> Probably a lie. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. It was a car, the car park then for the first couple of years was sort of the outside of the track opposite um, 
woodcut. So kind of behind the grandstands that are opposite the old pits. And then uh, they eventually then moved us to, I think we got one spell where we could park basically by the BRDC, which was quite good. And you could just walk in. But um, yeah, they were long, long days. They were probably like wake up at 5am and get back at midnight sort of things. So um, yeah, it feels way easier just doing it as a journalist now get the drive in that's actually one of the good things about silverstone as well yes You're right, i knew it, i knew you'd find some i knew you'd <laughs> find one that is so when it's full of fans and you have to drive in like the private entrance up the, the down the lane from the farm um at the back of the circuit and then you go around the access road and then you get to turn in a gate that you'd never think you'd be allowed to drive through that takes you into the fan zone out basically and people just have to get out of your way while you drive along a road that is filled with thousands of people and then you go under a tunnel at Cops and into the inside of the circuit and just being waved through everything when there's thousands of fans like walking around me like, who's this person driving such an awful car but able to get this sort of access? That makes you feel pretty good. Yeah, you always get the, the look and then the second glance and then the look of disappointment like when <laughs> they kind of realise that you, you're either a VIP or a media or something. I, don't, I, I that last that year. generally in life. Oh, yeah, I'm used to the disappointment as well. It's fine. Oh, wait. Are we talking about Silverstone? <laughs> yeah, I would. <laughs> Generally as well. Lazo, what, what about you? Up. Any good um, general Silverstone so, story? So my best one is um, Silverstone used to do pre-race weekend media days um, beyond just a press conference. They used to let us race around in the Formula Silverstone cars um, on like a little inner circuit now, which I think we use as a car park actually during the race weekend. And I'd never done, I'd never been in a single seat before. I don't know, have you boys driven single seaters? Have you done no, it? I have done that very event. Ah, there you go. And um, so I remember going into it thinking, I'm not a racing driver. Uh, and we were surrounded by other journalists who fancied themselves as a racing driver. You know, as Chris Medlin just said, he was there. And um, I don't, I, oh dear, look, Medlin's just a show. Wow, he's framed the photo, guys. He's framed that the photo. Is sad. That is uh, that is quite. Oh, look <laughs> at the focus in his eyes. That is mad focus. Also, so can we just explain that um, Medis has just moved into a new place? There is perhaps one picture up on the wall, and that one picture up on the wall is him in a Formula Silverstone car. Can we just? Oh no, that? that's that's not even on the wall. Apologies uh, for the audio. There's that one terrible because I'm walking around a hallway, but uh, that's not even on the wall. That is just balanced. Like the pictures are on the uh, floor. Okay, <laughs> so that's the displayed. It's displayed. Sorry, that's the one picture yeah. displayed in your place. I think you got it out for just it. for the podcast. That's the only shelf that has stuff. So no one can see this. Every... No one can see any of it. <laughs> just anything that's most popular is on basically a bookcase, and everything else is in boxes or just piles. Um, so yeah, I've oh, done well. That's my interior hammer. design. I'm going to stay in here. This is the office. I'm going to stay in here. Carry on. Great podcast. Med- Med- Medlin's <laughs> place is so big that he can just go to room, room to room for every five minute slot of this podcast. But going back to the story, um, I'd never driven in a single seat before. And I remember getting in the car and they were like, if you're in trouble, just drive around in fourth gear all the time because you can get, you can get away without like stalling or whatever. So I remember I got up to fourth. I was like, oh, this is easy. So I got into fifth and then I couldn't get out of fifth because it was one of those um, uh, manual gearboxes where you really had to like jam the gear set and I was thinking oh this is great so I'm pootling around then this is a powder plume of smoke Crofty's binned it in the gravel at I think turn one or turn two which of all the people unfortunately I'm sorry Crofty but for anyone who was going to bin it that was quite funny and then um, so then I thought oh I'm going to just have to back off back off back off uh, go around um, I don't know there's like a chicane like an S 
thing. And I think, oh, no, I've got some confidence now. Hit the curb, launch up into the air, drop the car back down again. I don't think I've got over the back pain that I still suffer today. But it was genuinely the best experience I've ever had ever in a racing car because it was just so much fun. Like, it felt so quick and we weren't even going that quick because those things are cool, but they're not. It's because your ass is on the ground. It feels quick. But I'd recommend that experience to anyone. Very cool. Now you said the word ass. We have to mark this as an explicit podcast. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I mean, it was already explicit from your... (laughs) painfully boring tour of your flat explicit because everyone would be swearing listening to it <laughs> right am i right Metis looks fuming you look, you look um, just so disappointed yeah um on on media events i've got a good story that um i think you guys are both at it was stony stratford cricket club uh ooh. 2015 or 16 um and we were all there and it was a red bull event uh red bull often do very very good pre-weekend media events as we've spoken about before i think and um, Ian Parks, who I believe at the time was a colleague of yours, Lawrence, at Watersport. I don't know if you two had overlapped at that point. But he, everyone was running in and bowling at the drivers. And Ian ran in, bowled at Ricardo, and managed to slip on the crease and basically tore everything in his knee, didn't he? In one of his knees. And the only thing I can remember from that is him lying there, clearly in agony. And he was like, and the Red Bull guys were like, ah, oh, anything we can do to help, you know, worried, I guess, about insurance or whatever and he was like well if you can just send christian over and maybe we can just get a quick one-on-one you know because he was doing all these <laughs> he was doing all these group media sessions with us so with the drivers so with the you know and th- there's there's ian on the floor you know clearly in absolute agony and he's just like just send send christian over and i'll get a quick one-on-one you know quick quick exclusive with him uh, so I, that's that's always stuck in my head from silverstone and and pre-events uh, that guy was, is dedicated dedicated to the cause dedicated um, but yeah, I think you, you were both there. I got a lift back from that with Meadows. No, you might to ruin part of that story. But he was bowling at me. It wasn't even a driver that he was getting to oh, bowl wow. at. It was him and Crofty that were getting more and more story, competitive. Well, the thing was because <laughs> you could tell they were getting more and more competitive with each other. So it was it was quite a fun day, wasn't it? You guys probably you know there's lots of like almost like fake games and sports day games around just to mess around with at this cricket club, and it was all good fun. But no one was going to be taking it particularly seriously i seem to remember christian horner trying to kill some people that were in like a tent because he was batting and he just absolutely slogged it and there's people that sat around on like beanbags in this tent and this cricket ball goes flying through there um but he didn't hit anyone it was fine but yeah um ian parks and uh, crofty were basically trying to prove that they were each still quick bowlers and uh i didn't have a helmet on or anything so i was like all right guys easy i think i had just one front pad and that was it and then yeah uh, one time uh, Parks, he just got to his it was his delivery stride so he was just about to leap and suddenly I was looking where the ball would have been and there was nothing and it's because he just uh, disappeared into the ground and yeah dislocated his knee painful I think he missed he missed That's a few races that year didn't he I think he came back yeah, to Singapore did. and I seem to remember Force India having a like media session out on their decking outside the front because it was there's a nice open paddock in Singapore mm-hmm. and the decking hadn't been fitted properly and it was making weird noises while everyone was uh, stood there talking to Nico Hulkenberg. And then at one point, part of it just dropped. And like, uh, as in, it just kind of settled into place, but it made everyone kind of go, oh. And, uh, and that's when they ended the media session. And I remember then Parksy going, um, yeah, we've already had one bad accident this year. We don't need another one. And Hulkenberg being like, what? And then looking at Parksy, and he had this brace still over his knee, over the top of his jeans at this point. And he's like, oh. Well, seeing as this is explicit anyway, he's like, oh, shit. And I remember Parksy going, yeah 
oh shit. Hulk and Bo just kind of frowned and walked away. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, actually, talking about Hulkenberg, Nate, how do you feel about Nico Hulkenberg's return? <laughs> I had so many text messages about this. Unbelievable. Um, I was convinced he was going to get a podium. And um, yeah, and then everything I'd ever said would come back and haunt me. But I was actually upset that he didn't start. I think that, I think that sucked. Yeah, <clears throat> agreed. It was, you know, regardless of previous interactions with the driver, you always want people to do pretty well. And it would have been a really cool story. So that kind of sucked. Um, but yeah, it was, I, t- I tweeted, it was very on brand for him, you know, just given his luck in his career. So yeah, there you go, a little bit of F1 punditry for anyone listening. <laughs> punditry, <laughs> I call it. Oh, it's sad that you think that's punditry and that anyone's listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I reckon we've got at least five listeners. I think yeah, at same. least five. So I think four. <laughs> Yes. Four of us. Three of us. <laughs> no, Wait, Nate, three. just because you've logged on <laughs> twice doesn't mean you're here twice. <laughs> no, because on Zoom, I can see the, you, the speaker, and then there's three windows at the top, of which you are one as well. So I counted four. Because <laughs> I can't count. <clears throat> Brilliant. <laughs> what about you, Beretta? Any, fun, uh, any other fun stories from Silverstone apart from that driving day? There used to be a lot more media. I remember Red Bull used to do a carton. It's always Red Bull, I guess. But they used to do a carton pre-media day up at, um, I want to say, Milton Keynes. Yeah, they do um, Milton which, which is good. I think those days are always quite good because you get driver time when the drivers are just a little bit more relaxed. Um, you get time to chat in between. And then you guys get to, like, I'm no good at go-karting, but you guys get to see if you're any good and then realise you're not no good when you go up against them. Um, no, I've already given up that whole dream. I know. I... Meta still goes karting. Well, Meta's has got his own racing helmet. You've got your own racing helmet. So clearly yeah. the dream is still alive, Meta's. It will never die. It should, <laughs> but it never will. It never will. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's it for my Silverstone stories. I had one that I was planning for before the oh. Parksy story. Just okay, from where I stayed the first time I was in Silverstone. Um, oh, yeah. And um, as you guys know, Silverstone has a really nice area where all the streets are named after former racing drivers. So you have like Ayrton Center Drive, Graham Hill Street, etc. And I, I can't remember the circumstances exactly, but my accreditation got signed off super, super late. Uh, I think this was 2016. Um, but it meant that I had to, I, I was scrambling around trying to find a place and all the hotels were super expensive. And I didn't want to take the piss too much with work and end up with some super expensive hotel. So I found an Airbnb, and um, we're staying in the, basically in the spare room of this couple's house. Um, arrived quite late. I kind of met them and I was like, hey, you know, quick introductions. I was like, I'm going to be away for most of the weekend. But whenever we'd come back, we'd, we'd gone out for dinner. So we'd had a few beers. And I, I always came back to this house. So I'm kind of like either you know, tipsy or just, or just knackered, absolutely exhausted from the day. And whenever I came back, they'd like sit me down on the sofa and they'd be like, so tell us about the day. Tell us about, tell us about Formula One, what happened? Wow. Like, um, uh, so, you know, you know how it is at the end of the day. Sometimes you're just not in the mood to talk. And they were super friendly. I always felt really bad about it. But I, the joke became, and I, I, I hope that they never listened to this podcast, <laughs> but the joke became that they were kind of, they were kind of a freaky couple, uh, you know, and that, they were, that, that their Airbnb wasn't all it appeared. Um, and this became the joke through the weekend. So like Lawrence and Meadows would be like, how's the, uh, 
how's the couple? And I was like, yeah, great. You know, <laughs> we had a long, long, long night last night. And all we were doing was talking about <laughs> practice as I was there, like, please let me go to bed. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and Jonathan Ledyard would give me a lift in every morning, which was great. You know, Jonathan Ledyard, who I know that we're all a huge fan of, um, just such a good dude. But we would talk all the way in the morning and he was asking me very politely, like, so what, what's the deal with this couple then? <laughs> and I was like, I think they're just a normal couple, but everyone seemed to just straight assume that I was staying in some kind of weird sex house, uh, which I thought <laughs> I was not. Um, but yeah, so that was my first experience of, of Silverstone race weekend. Um, and I'll never forget it. <laughs> it's all downhill since then. We yeah. kept coming yeah, back. Exactly. We I always, I always back. try and book again, and it's it's, it's taken. So, gutting. <laughs> they call me the one that got away. <laughs> I think on that note, I think let's leave it there, shall we, chaps? Um, thanks very much, as ever, for joining. And thanks to anyone who is listening. Um, if you like it, then please subscribe. Um, you can read Nate Saunders' work on ESPN, Chris Medlin's work on racer.com, and my work on f1.com. Um, thanks, chaps, again, and uh, let's do it again sometime. Sure thing. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.